Disloyal dirtbag and convicted felonious lawyer Michael Cohen appeared on Capitol Hill today to dance for the pleasure of Democrats desperate to cover up the actual crimes they committed in their effort to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president and later to overturn the election. We will analyze the pathetic but very entertaining showing. Then a Democrat presidential candidate makes slavery reparations a central tenet of his campaign, and a baby is born seven years after her father died. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. That last story reminds me of this famous line from the Odyssey where Telemachus says about his father, he says, it's a wise man who knows his own father. A lot of milkmen walking around the earth for all of human history. But the story, that, that story about the baby being born seven years after her father died is pretty bizarre. I don't think it has to do with milkman. It has to do with bizarre bioethics and uh, questions of designer babies. We'll get to all of that. Obviously, we've got to get through the uh, Michael Cohen testimony, which was just such a little treat this morning. But first, let's make some money, honey, with Purple Mattress. You know I love Purple. You know I am a proselytizer of Purple. Purple mattress is unlike any mattress you've ever slept on. It is not an inner spring. It's not quite a memory foam. It is this unique technology that is both firm and soft at the same time, developed by a rocket scientist. I was very skeptical of this. I actually, when they gave me a mattress, I didn't even want to get rid of my old mattress. I said, I don't know. If I get rid of my old mattress, I don't like this. It's kind of weird. It's kind of new. I don't know. I try it out for one night. One night is all it took. It is the best mattress I've ever slept on. I immediately just threw out my old mattress, you know, totally got rid of it. It is fabulous. I love it. I have been telling everybody to get this thing, especially I used to have a lot of back pain and sleep problems. I sleep like a little baby. It is so good. Um, there is a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return it for a full refund. You won't want to return it. Back by 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free in-home setup and old mattress removal. You're going to love Purple. Right now, you'll get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress in addition to the great gifts they're offering site-wide if you text COFEFE, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, to 84 888. That's the only way to get this free pillow. Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E to 84888. Text C-O-V-F-E-F-E to 84888. Message and data rates apply. Michael Cohen, dirtbag lawyer, convicted and admitted liar, went to Capitol Hill today to testify to Congress, which he previously had lied to. The GOP came out with a little ad before this happened. You'll remember, Michael Cohen used to say, I love Trump, I'll take a bullet for Trump, I'll never turn on Trump. Now he goes to Capitol Hill to say that Trump is a liar and a racist and a cheater and a, every sorts of terrible thing. So in advance of this ridiculous testimony that has zero credibility, the GOP released an advertisement that just contrasted what Michael Cohen is saying with his past statements. Now, I want to tell you about the real Donald Trump. He's really, uh, he's a unifier. The words the media should be using to describe Mr. Trump are generous. He's going to do everything that he promised. He's going to bring success and he's going to make America great. Compassionate, principled. Donald Trump speaks from the heart. Empathetic, 
kind. He's going to stay true to who he is. He's going to be an amazing president, humble, honest, and genuine. Mr. Trump's memory is fantastic, and it, I've never come across a situation where Mr. Trump has said something that's, that's not accurate. All Donald Trump wants to do is make this country great again. It says, have fun in prison there at the end. I'm just sort of smelling those Michael Cohen tears, that dirty, disloyal rat. This is a great ad. People are mocking this ad right now because Michael Cohen was the personal lawyer to Donald Trump. They're saying, man, if this guy's such a dirtbag liar, if he's obviously flipped so significantly, why did Trump hire him? Doesn't show a lot of good judgment. Why did the RNC put him on their board? Make, I think he was deputy finance chairman. Why did they do that? This ad actually requires humility and it demonstrates humility on the part of the GOP. It's an ad that admits that Donald Trump hired Fredo to play Michael, Tom Hagen rather, to play the, the smart put together lawyer. He ends up hiring this buffoon. It admits that the RNC hired a schmuck to be its deputy finance chairman. It's worth it. It's worth admitting all of that. This is in the old school before Donald Trump, before reality TV, before social media really took over politics to the degree that they have. In the old school, you would never admit that kind of mistake. You would never admit poor judgment. You would never admit that this guy, you shouldn't have hired him in the first place. You would just try to make the changing facts fit your narrative. And it would really hamper how you could re respond to events. In this new school, it's, a, it's the break China school of thought. It's the China. I mean, China like the porcelain. Uh, it's the break China school of thought. It says, yep, yeah, we shouldn't have hired him. He's a schmuck. He's a bad guy. Look what he said, though. Look at this. You're reacting in real time. It gives you far greater dexterity. It gives you far greater leverage in politics. There, yeah, Cohen flipped. Cohen flipped. That doesn't mean that he's honest now, by the way. That's what the left is trying to say. They're saying Cohen used to be really loyal to Trump and he said all these things that were lies, but now he's being honest. We don't know that. We have no reason to believe that. All we know is he's disloyal. This is why we was kind of going back and forth with Ben over this. Ben said, you can't call him a rat and a liar. A rat means, you know, you're, you're snitching on your old employer. But if you're snitching and you're angry with him for telling the truth and you can't be angry with him for lying. No, what, what is meant by a rat is that he's disloyal. Now, maybe he's telling some truth. Maybe he's telling some lies. Nobody can lie all the time or tell the truth all the time, for that matter. People are uh, more complicated than that. Certainly, these kind of guys are more complicated than that. So, you, yeah, he's disloyal and apparently he's incompetent and he's a liar. Okay. So, what is this today? This hearing today is pure political theater. It's political theater to detract, distract rather from two things. This Hanoi summit with Kim Jong-un, the second summit with North Korea to try to denuclearize the peninsula. And it's to distract from the fact that Democrats have come up empty on Russia. They're, they've come up empty. Senate intelligence investigation turned up nothing. That's according to Republicans and Democrats. So far, Bob Mueller has turned up nothing. 800-page Manafort report turned up nothing. No collusion between Trump and Russia. So they have to distract by dragging Michael Cohen before Congress. Jim Jordan makes this point very clear. I move to table. Mr. Chairman. Is there a second? Mr. Chairman. <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, I was asked to be recognized before the motion. 
The vote is so enabling the motion. You know who had this material before all the excuse members me, of the committee? Excuse me. CNN had it before Sir. we did. CNN had the exhibit before we did. Well, I just want to be recognized. Uh, yeah, well, the vote is on tabling the motion to postpone. CNN had the material before the committee did. That's what you, and Jim Jordan gets that right in there at the beginning to make it clear. This is not some normal balanced hearing. This is not to get any pressing or urgent information. This was political theater set up by the Democrats, set up with their rat Judas, Michael Cohen, and set up with the help of the propaganda arm of the Democrat party, which is called CNN. CNN had advance notice of all of these documents. Knowing all of that, you've got a major credibility problem. For the first time ever, a man who was convicted of lying to Congress is now testifying before Congress. Does that make a lot of sense? Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And they're saying, but he's not lying now. It's like they're they're a a victim of fraud who cuts a con man another check. It's uh, It's like an abused spouse who says, no, no, he's changed. He's changed. He hasn't changed. They don't change. Even Michael Cohen admits this credibility problem. A free agent that was reporting back to the president what he had done. Correct. He frequently reached out to Mr. Trump and Mr. Trump was very happy to take his calls. It was free service. Hmm. Roger Sohn says he never spoke with Mr. Trump about WikiLeaks. How can we corroborate what you are saying? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty rough. So in all of this testimony, he says, yeah, and Stone, Roger Stone was talking to WikiLeaks, uh, which is really a front for the Russians. And then he called Trump and Trump took the call and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she's so excited. Oh, yes. And how can we corroborate what you're saying, Mr. Cohen? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think they expected that answer that he can't corroborate any of this. And you see it throughout the whole testimony. The, the whole testimony, he makes these outrageous claims. And really, they're just insults. They're not even, uh, that one was a, a particular claim that he can't defend. But mostly it's just insults. Besmirching his character. He's a racist. He's a thisist. He's a thatist. And I say, okay, how can we corroborate? He's like, I don't know. Michael Cohen, back when he was Trump's flack, couldn't corroborate those, right? He said, Donald Trump has the best memory of anyone I've ever met. He's the most dignified man. He has the most integrity. He's the greatest guy that ever walked the earth. Now, he couldn't corroborate that either. And now, because he's the same guy, because he's the same lying dirtbag he's always been, he can't corroborate this. He's just saying what people want to hear. He's just dancing for the Democrats now. He used to dance for Trump. Now he dances for the Democrats to try to limit his time in prison, to try to get a little public sympathy. So let's go through these assertions, these, these claims that Michael Cohen is making in his testimony. Because what the Democrats are relying on is that it's just going to be this cloud of fraud, deception, collusion, and no, nobody's going to look into the specifics. Let's look into the specifics. Let's knock everyone down. First specific, first claim from Michael Cohen, Donald Trump never really wanted to be president. He never expected to be president. He didn't want it. This is one of the main Democrat attack lines on Trump. He was only ever after his own personal advancement, 
making more money, building more hotels, getting his name out there, branding. That's all he was interested in. He never wanted to be president, never thought he was going to be president. Heck, he might have been upset when he won the presidency because it hampered his own business career. Michael Cohen opens his testimony with this line. Never in a million years did I imagine when I accepted a job in 2007 to work for Donald Trump that he would one day run for the presidency to launch a campaign on a platform of hate and intolerance. Okay, hate, and then he goes on, he's hateful, he's bigoted, he's this, he's that. Never did I imagine when I took a job for Trump in 2007 that Trump would run for president. Well, uh, Donald Trump showed interest in running for president in the 1980s. He went up to New Hampshire in the 1980s to to potentially run for president. He then actually started to run for president in 1999 for the 2000 election. Eight years before Michael Cohen started working for Trump. So either Michael Cohen is the stupidest, most oblivious man on earth, or he's lying. It's actually not an either or. I guess it could be both. Never imagined he'd run for president. No, nobody did. Who could imagine? I mean, what a crazy thought that Donald Trump, the man who's been interested in running for president and expressed as much since the 80s, would actually run for president. Crazy, right? But then there's another line. He goes right back into it and he said, no, no, this is really what the campaign was going to be. We'll show that in one second. But first, let's make a little money with, with a new sponsor, a terrific sponsor. You know our friend Mike Rowe. We all love Mike Rowe. If you're looking for more great podcasts to listen to, but you're short on time, you have got to check out The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This podcast gives a unique take on American history. It explores everything from pop culture to politics, actors to athletes, history to Hollywood, and each episode is 10 minutes or less. It has a very Reagan-esque quality to it. People don't remember this, but Reagan used to have like a five-minute radio hit, and it would happen however many times a week, and he would tell these stories. They would always relate to politics or American history or something like that, and they were really good, really well-formed episodes. This Mike Rowe podcast reminds me of this to a T. Rowe has that total stage presence, that Reagan-esque stage presence, the timing, the topic. It's just fabulous. It's uh, stories for the curious mind with a short attention span. It's fabulous. It's uh, also reminiscent of the late Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. It's a short mystery about a famous person or event you know filled with surprising facts you don't know. It's America's number one short form podcast downloaded more than 87 million times. Really, really good. I, I loved it. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a great, a great one about a president who wanted to make America great again and how it split a family right up until the end. Go to MikeRowe.com slash podcast today. Listen and subscribe to The Way I Heard It. M-I-K-E-R-O-W-E.com slash podcast micro.com slash podcast. Plus, Mike Rowe's just a great guy. We like him. So this is the line. Donald, no one could imagine Donald Trump wanted to be president, even though he's wanted to be president for at least 30 or 40 years now. And look, Trump himself never wanted it, never expected it. Trump is a man who ran for office to make his brand great, not to make our country great. He had no desire or intention to lead this nation only to market himself and to build his wealth and power. Mr. Trump would often say this campaign was going to be the greatest infomercial in political history. He never expected to win the primary. He never expected to win the general election. The campaign for him 
was always a marketing opportunity. All right, no uncertain terms. Donald Trump never desired or intended to be president. All it was was a personal marketing opportunity. This line of attack would be the Moscow Hotel line of attack from Democrats. He was only running to build hotels all over the world and get his name on billboards. No desire or intention to be president. That's Michael Cohen testifying before Congress. Except the only problem with this line of attack is it contradicts the other Democrat line of attack, which is that Donald Trump wanted to be president so bad. He was so ruthless that he was willing to do anything to get it, including conspiring with a foreign government, committing crimes with a foreign government. Not only does Michael Cohen's line there contradict this other Democrat attack, it contradicts Michael Cohen's own statement that he gives later on in this testimony that Donald Trump was willing to do anything to become president. Sometime in the summer of 2017, I read all over the media that there had been a meeting in Trump Tower in June of 2016 involving Don Jr. and others from the campaign with Russians, including a representative of the Russian government, and an email setting up the meeting with the subject line, dirt on Hillary Clinton. Something clicked in my mind. I remember being in a room with Mr. Trump, probably in early June of 2016, when something peculiar happened. Don Trump Jr. came into the room and walked behind his father's desk, which in and of itself was unusual. People didn't just walk behind Mr. Trump's desk to talk to him. And I recall Don Jr. leaning over to his father and speaking in a low voice, which I could clearly hear, and saying, the meeting is all set. And I remember Mr. Trump saying, okay, good, let me know. Okay, there you have it. Donald Trump set up an elaborate back channel with Vladimir Putin to fix the 2016 election. He was personally apprised of these high-level meetings with Russian officials. So that means not only did he desire to win, but he would have expected to win, right? Because he's cheating. He ends up cheating with no less an adversary than the government of Russia to fix the 2016 election. You can't have both of these things. You can't have Donald Trump never desired or intended to be president and Donald Trump both desired and intended to be president so much that he cheated, fixed the election with Russia and therefore expected to be president. You can't have that. Those don't both work. So why would Michael Cohen say it? Michael Cohen is throwing spaghetti at the wall. He's not here to tell the truth. He's not here because he's now reformed. He's seen the light. No, Michael Cohen is trying to garner public sympathy, probably wants to get out of jail a little earlier than he's supposed to because he's a broken, weak man who has betrayed his benefactor. That's what it is. There's no, I don't understand what the other explanation would be. This is what happens when you get the squeeze put on you, is people just start saying anything, even if the things contradict themselves, which clearly he's done right here. So, okay, now Michael Cohen has even less credibility than he had when he started because somewhere in there he's lying. He didn't only lie in the last congressional testimony, he lies in this one. 
One of those conflicting statements has to be a lie. So next up, Donald Trump is a racial bigot. Now this is the greatest evidence that they've got nothing on Russian collusion. If they've got Donald Trump, if they've got evidence that Donald Trump conspired with the government of Russia to fix the 2016 election, broke presumably untold numbers of laws, made him, made himself a traitor to his own country. Why would they bring up that he doesn't like black people? Doesn't that seem a little weak? I mean, you've got, you've got the president of the United States committing treason. That's the allegation. And also he said a mean thing about a black person one time. No, the, the reason that they're going and trying to portray Donald Trump as some sort of racial bigot is because they don't have evidence of any crime. And racial bigotry is not a crime, but in the court of public opinion, it hurts him. When you're looking at the 2020 election, which is what this is really all about, it hurts him. And so he says, Michael Cohen goes, does the little dance that the Democrats want him to do. He says, Donald Trump's a racist. Mr. Trump is a racist. The country has seen Mr. Trump court white supremacists and bigots. You have heard him call poorer countries false. His private, in private, he is even worse. He once asked me if I could name a country run by a black person that wasn't a hole. This was when Barack Obama was president of the United States. And while we were once driving through a struggling neighborhood in Chicago, he commented that only black people could live that way. And he told me that black people would never vote for him because they were too stupid. And yet, I continued to work for him. Wow. Oh, gosh. Michael Cohen must be a pretty bad guy if he's going to not only work for someone like that, but he's going to pledge undying fealty to him. Say he'd take a bullet for him. Wow. Michael Cohen must be a real dirtbag. Well, we already knew that. But the stories that, that Michael Cohen is telling, the stories are hard to believe, hard, certainly impossible to corroborate. But then even the insinuations he's making are bizarre. We'll get to that in a second. But first, select quote. You know I love select quote. If you have a mortgage, you've got a family who depends on your income, then you've got to protect the ones that you love with life insurance. Life insurance can pay off a mortgage or help send the kids to college. It's peace of mind. Think you can't afford it? Chances are select quote can help you get it for less than a dollar a day. I don't do many responsible things. I'm an irresponsible fella. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just out here hanging out with the guys at the Daily Wire all day long. The one responsible thing I've done since I got married was get life insurance. It's very important. You don't want to leave your loved ones in a lurch. Select quote, comparison shops up to 10 highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner, Life, and Mutual of Omaha and others to find you the company with the best rates. Select quote could find a 35-year-old man a half million dollar policy for under $19 a month or a 37-year-old female a three quarters of a million dollar policy for under $22 a month. That's less than a dollar a day. A cup of coffee costs more than that. And out here in La La Land, a cup of coffee costs like five times that. SelectQuote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance and find your best policy. Plus, the quotes are free. It's a great option because they comparison shop and save you time. SelectQuote could save you time and money. So get your free quote at SelectQuote.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Do it. SelectQuote.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S for your free quote. Don't put off protecting your family another day. SelectQuote.com slash Knowles. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash Knowles. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. How's that? I tried to do it really fast, like all those disclaimers do, and I can't, I got to get a little faster. Michael Cohen says Donald Trump is this big racial bigot. Okay. Raises some questions as to why he would keep working for that guy. But then he says Donald Trump referred to poor countries as S-holes. Let's call it hellholes. That's similar to the word he used. Now, I think Trump was specifically referring to Haiti, where no one would deny people live in squalor. They, people cook mud pies, not the delicious dessert, but actual like mud pie made of mud. But pie, they cook mud just to fill their bellies because people are starving there because it's a horrifically run country. That's not racist. That's not racially bigoted to say that. Then he says, yeah, Trump, he, he said that, that black people would never vote for me. Well, I don't know. Trump's made black support a, a key part of his entire administration. He constantly touts his, his support among black people. He has uh, touted black unemployment, very, very low unemployment numbers as a key accomplishment of his administration. He frequently says he's done more for black Americans than any president in American history. And it's, and it's hard to refute that. Now, the question of the racism, as Michael Cohen's throwing spaghetti at the wall, gets challenged by Mark Meadows, who does a very good job of it. Mr. Cohen, uh, do you know Lynn Patton? I'm, I'm right here. Oh, yes, sir. Do you know Lynn Patton? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I asked Lynn to come today in her personal capacity uh, to actually shed some light. H- how long have you known Ms. Patton? I'm responsible for Lynn Patton joining the Trump Organization and the job that she currently holds. Well, that's, I'm glad you acknowledge that because you made some very um, demeaning comments about the, the president that Ms. Patton doesn't agree with. In fact, it has to do with your claim of racism. She says that as a daughter of a man born in Birmingham, Alabama, that there is no way that she would work for, a, for a, an individual who was racist. How do you reconcile the two of those, Mr. As neither should I, as the son of a Holocaust survivor. Come again? What was that? John Kasich, is that you talking about your father who's a mailman? What does that have to do with anything? What just happened is Michael Cohen got the squeeze put on him, said that Donald Trump, he used to say Donald Trump doesn't have a bigoted bone in his body, he's the nicest, most wonderful guy in the world. Now he's going to go to prison, he's trying to get out of jail a little early, and he says Donald Trump is a big racist. So then a black employee of President Trump comes in and says, no, he's not. He's not a racist. I wouldn't work for a racist. He's fine. Good guy. And then Michael Cohen says, my, my father was in the Holocaust. He survived the Holocaust. Does that have to do with anything? Because you have no answer. That's what it has to do with it. And then so Meadows, Mark Meadows, Republican congressman, presses this a little bit further. Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan were the two real stars of this hearing on the Republican side. They really drilled down to what matters. Mark Meadows says, okay, you're calling him a racist. We've got a black employee of the Trump organization who says he's not a racist. You, a schmuck who's got the squeeze put on him, who's a convicted liar, say he is a racist. Do you have any evidence at all? any way to corroborate your claims that he's a racist. But, Mr. Cohen, I guess what I'm saying is, is I've talked to, to the president over 300 times. I've not heard one time a racist comment out of, out of his mouth in private 
So how do you reconcile it? Do you have proof of those conversations? I would ask you to Do you ask have tape recordings of those conversations? No, sir. Well, you've taped everybody else. That's, Why wouldn't you have a tape? That's also not true, sir. That's not true. You haven't taped anybody? I, I have taped individuals. How many times have you taped individuals? Maybe 100 times over 10 years. Is that a low estimate? Because I've, I've heard it's over 200 times. Oh, devastating. You see what Cohen's doing here? He's trying to play the hapless schmuck. In a sense, he is a hapless schmuck, but he, using his free will, deceived people, taped people, lied to Congress, cheated the government. He did this. He made those choices. He says Trump was a horrible racist. He kept working for him for a long time. Now he said, oh, no, sir. No, yes, sir. No, sir. And what Mark Meadows is showing is you actually secretly record people a lot, don't you? You record, no, only about, I don't know, only like a hundred times or something. Well, hundred times. I don't. Have you ever have you ever recorded a hundred conversations in your life, private conversations? No. It, was it two hundred? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So well, you got this guy who's so deceitful that he's recording over a hundred private conversations, but he didn't. He just didn't get any of those racist ones. Shucks, that's too bad. That's if only he had. Well, uh, too bad. Okay. So this is a pretty brutal two pronged attack. Because it, it, what it does is not only totally undercuts the claims that Cohen is making, but it also portrays Cohen not as this pitiful little schmuck, but as a, a political operative who is now switching sides and doing exactly the same hard-charging flacking that he used to do for Trump. Now he's doing it for the Democrats. Omarosa tried this too. She said, I've got tapes of Donald Trump saying terribly bigoted things. So, okay. Show them. Well, uh, no, well, no. No, no, I don't want to. Now, she said all of this while she was trying to sell her book. So, okay, I remember that. I got the tapes. I'm coming out with the tapes. All right, well, she's not selling her book anymore. Where's the tapes? They're not coming out. So, the GOP pointing out inconsistencies, even within the, the testimony today. You've got Michael Cohen convicted of lying. You've got every little line he comes out with, the GOP seems to counter, and then he contradicts himself, probably lies again before Congress, certainly lies again before Congress. The best Cohen can come up with at the very end is grade school taunts. You're a patholog pathological liar. You don't know truth from, from, tr from falsehood. Sir, it's I'm sorry. Now. Are you, you, know, are you referring to time. me or the president? Hey, this is my time. <laughs> are you referring when to I me ask you, or the president? When I ask you a question, yeah. I'll ask for an answer. Sure. Oh, you're, are you referring to me or the president? <laughs> I am rubber and you are glue. Yeah, whatever, whatever, you, it bounces off of me, it sticks to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to law school, yeah, all right. I'm, it's like devolved into Rodney Danger. You get no respect. Ah, gee. No, you all know my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombots. Yeah, so this is basically the best Cohen can come up with. You see this little sly smile. Yeah, yeah. He, you talking about the president? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all this is. This is just stupid, sophomoric insinuation that gets shot down on every factual point by the GOP. We will talk about what it all means, what the main takeaway is. We got a lot more to get to, but first, go to dailywire.com. You know what you get. You get all the shows. You get to ask questions in the mailbag coming up tomorrow. You get everything, and you get the Michael Cohen, the, I'm sorry, the Leftist Tears Tumblr. You get the Leftist Tears Tumblr. Get it, or you're going to drown. Go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back.
okay, pathetic showing from Cohen. Grade school taunt is the best he can come with. Basically, that's all you can walk away with because all of the claims he makes get refuted. He, he himself contradicts them. So all you get are these grade school taunts and you realize that this tool is dancing for Democrats the same way he used to dance for Trump. My main personal takeaway from this was looking at this. I thought of the heavenly virtues, prudence, justice, temperance, fortitude, faith, hope, and charity. And I thought through all of the characters of history, have you ever encountered a person with such an abject emptiness, a a total lack of those, all of those virtues as Michael Cohen? Obviously there are a lot worse people in history much more wicked people, much more unjust people. But when you think about them in history, go to Attila the Hunt or something, at least they had fortitude. <laughs> you know, at least they, I don't know, at least they had hope. I, they had, Michael Cohen has, he doesn't have prudence. He's been reckless his whole career, reckless working for Trump, now reckless working for the Democrats. Justice? What justice? He lies out of both corners of his mouth temperance? He doesn't seem like a temperate man. He doesn't seem like a terribly moderate man. He's all about extremes. Fortitude is totally weak. He admits, he says, I'm a weakling. My weakness has led me to where I am today. Faith, not a whole lot of fidelity with that guy. Hope, not a lot of hope. He knows he's going to jail. Charity, no charity at all. He's willing to betray his benefactors. He's just bereft of any of the virtues. How sad for him. Broadly, when you look at the political takeaways from the hearings, it turns up nothing of substance. What of substance came out of this? Trump lawyer says Trump is a racist, and then Trump black employee says he's not. Okay. Trump says, or Cohen says that Trump paid off Stormy Daniels. Uh Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah, we knew that one. Cohen says, uh, Trump's a bad guy. Okay, right, we got that. All it does is create a distraction. And and there is an actual scandal here. We know that the Democrats and the Hillary Clinton campaign colluded with the Obama Justice Department and a foreign intelligence source that goes all the way into Russia. And the evidence that we have of this is the Steele dossier. We know you have FBI agents fired in disgrace, Andrew McCabe, admitting that he tried to launch a coup d'etat, commit treason to overturn a presidential election. Peter Strzok, top FBI agent, saying that the FBI, the power of the state, would not allow Donald Trump to be elected president. Colluding with Democrats, Democrat-funded foreign intelligence to spy on the Trump campaign, try to stop them from winning. That is the scandal. And we're going to hear about that scandal as it comes out. Jim Jordan gets it. Jim Jordan, Republican congressman, talks about the actual scandal here in in beautiful and concise detail. I want you to think about this. When have you ever seen a federal agency where this has happened? James Comey, director, fired. Andy McCabe, deputy director, fired. Lied three times under oath, under investigation, right? As we speak, Jim Baker, FBI counsel, demoted, then left, currently under investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Connecticut. Lisa Page, demoted, then left. Peter Strzok, deputy head of counterintelligence, demoted, then fired. That's what happened. That's what we're concerned about. So you've got two competing scandals. Trump colluded with Russia. The Democrats colluded with the DOJ and actually Russia, foreign intelligence. Those are the two competing scandals. And they're both trying to get airtime. 
The way that you know that the Democrat scandal is illegitimate and that the Republican, or the Democrat allegations rather, are illegitimate, the Democrat scandal is very legitimate, and that the Republican claims are legitimate, that the real scandal here was perpetrated by the Democrats, the way that you know that, that the GOP is on the right track, is that our allegation hasn't changed. Our allegation is the Democrats colluded with the Obama Justice Department, which colluded with foreign intelligence to subvert the 2016 election, to spy on the Trump campaign, and to try to overturn it once Trump won. That's our allegation. There's a lot of evidence for that. The Democrat story, what is the Democrat story? The Democrat story is Trump never wanted to win. He was only enriching himself personally. Also, Trump so totally wanted to win that he was willing to commit crimes with a foreign government to cheat and rig the election. Then the other, then Trump slept with a porn star. That's for somehow that's part of this scandal too. He slept with a porn star and also he's a racist. There's no evidence of that, but he's a racist. That's the, that's the, so you've got not only contradictions without the Democrat, within the Democrat claims, you've got totally irrelevant insults and charges. Trump is a racist. First of all, first of all, especially after Spike Lee's stupid speech at the Oscars, there are many photos on the internet. The internet is forever. There are many photos of Donald Trump palling around with Spike Lee, palling around with Al Sharpton, winning awards with Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks. Nobody ever called this man a racist until he ran for president as a Republican. But they're throwing spaghetti at the wall because they don't have real charges. And furthermore, because they're guilty of a major scandal themselves. The left always projects. And what are they guilty? They're guilty of interfering in the 2016 election, conspiring and colluding with the federal government and with foreign governments to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. What is the political fallout from this testimony? Nothing. It doesn't move the needle. Well, what evidence did Michael Cohen provide? He provided a check that Donald Trump reimbursed him for services. Yep, we knew that. He provided a copy of financial statements. We already knew about Michael Cohen's complex finances and Donald Trump's for that matter. He provided an article with Donald Trump's handwriting that possibly implied that Trump used nonprofit money on a portrait for one of his clubs. Or Does that sound confusing or irrelevant? Yeah, it is. I mean, if the charge is that Donald Trump misused some nonprofit money, great, great. I can't wait for us to litigate that one in the court of public opinion. When the Clinton family took money hand over fist, millions and millions and millions of dollars from foreign governments while Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State in their slush fund foundation, which had to be shut down. It was so corrupt. Great. Bring that one on. Okay, perfect. And then the other one, the other evidence is letters that Cohen wrote on behalf of Trump to the college board, uh, which runs the SATs, to high schools, to colleges, to prevent them and intimidate them from releasing Trump's grades and SAT scores, which they shouldn't do anyway. This is evidence that, of what? I don't, what is that evidence? Anybody would do that. Hillary Clinton would always kept her thesis from Wellesley College under lock and key. What does that prove at all? What he's trying to imply, he's not trying to show any crime or any nefarious activity. What he's trying to imply is that Trump is an idiot, that he has low SAT scores, low grades, which is really rich coming from Michael Cohen, who attended 
according to above the law law school rankings, the worst law school in the country. Michael Cohen attended a law school with the highest admission percentage of any American Bar Association approved law school. This was a major issue. They basically let in anybody who applied. The median LSAT score of people who went to Michael Cohen's law school was in the 18th percentile, which we're seeing today as this clown is running his mouth before Congress. 70% of graduates of that law school could not get a law job full-time law job within nine months of graduation, the vast majority. And here is Michael Cohen implying that Donald Trump is an idiot, a billionaire who went to Wharton. Okay, right, good, that's cute. So even the insinuations, there's no real fallout. Now, the practical side of this, Democrats will use this as an excuse to launch more investigations, more hearings, more whatever. They were going to do that anyway. There's no bombshells that came out of this. It doesn't change anybody's opinion. Okay. Now, this is uh, obviously frustrating in so much as it takes away a news cycle. News cycle where we could be talking about Donald Trump meeting with Kim Jong-un. A news cycle where we could be talking about how the left is, is defending dictators in Venezuela. <laughs> where we could be talking about how the left is defending infanticide. That's okay. They got their news cycle out of it. Good for them. Good for them. What does this do? I don't think it accomplishes what they wanted it to. I think they were hoping for that bombshell. I think Debbie Wasserman Schultz was hoping. She would say, how do you corroborate this? And Cohen would say, here's how I do it. But he said, I don't know. All right, okay, I don't know. I went to a law school that basically isn't even a law school. What do you expect me to do, huh? I don't know. You all know my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Bumbatsa? Basically a loss for Democrats. I mean, it's sort of whatever. It presented un unsavory things that, and unsavory news stories that were already out there to begin with. I do, before we go today, I do want to show this clip because I think I'm getting the weather reports from hell and it's pretty chilly down there today. Jorge Ramos, far left winger. He's the guy on Univision who's a grandstanding buffoon who hates Donald Trump, a total partisan hack. He went on Sean Hannity's show just the other day because Jorge Ramos was down in Venezuela, left winger, and that socialist dictatorship down there detained him. They threatened him. And it it just reminds me, socialism, to the left at least, it sounds great on a sunny day in Manhattan. Oh, it sounds wonderful, so fair, so wonderful. Then the reality of it really hurts, even for a far left winger like Jorge Ramos, who you would never expect ever to say a nice thing about someone like Sean Hannity or any conservative. When he saw the reality of socialism, when he was detained by a socialist government, when his life was threatened by a socialist government, he goes on Sean Hannity's show to sing his praises. When I needed that support the most, I heard that you were talking about us in Venezuela, and that was incredibly important. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, Sean. Thanks so much to Fox News. Because, uh, and on those moments when you are detained in a dictatorship, when there's no one to help you and you see a tweet or you see a report from Fox News or from an American media, you know that you're not alone. And we felt that we were not alone. So muchas gracias. A chilly day in hell, but there is Jorge Ramos thanking conservatives for defending him against the socialist regime in Venezuela. He then went on Anderson Cooper's show on a left-wing show to talk about what happened to him down there. 
Venezuelan agents uh, were outside the hotel the, the whole night, so nobody could come in and we, we, couldn't, we couldn't leave the airport. They wanted to make sure that we were going to go directly to the airport. Uh, we were deported, actually, from, from Venezuela. It was, um, it was, it was a, a difficult moment because we didn't know what, what could happen. It's a dictatorship, so they can do anything they want. And we were concerned that at the airport at some point during our journey that they could have uh, kidnapped us or kept us in the country without... Um, our permission, obviously. Yeah. And Democrats are still defending that, defending socialism, defending that radicalism. They're defending Maduro. Bernie Sanders won't call Maduro a dictator. Jorge Ramos will. They're defending socialism. They're running on socialism. They're running on radicalism. We're out of time, so we can't get to some of the more radical suggestions that they now have. But that's what they're running on. That's what they're this is all about 2020, and they're looking at 2020, and they're running on pretty unpopular things. Open borders, infanticide, socialism, which has caused a dictatorship and starvation in the streets in Venezuela, a formerly rich country. They're running on all these unpopular things, and the only thing that they can do to distract from it is throw a bunch of circuses and try to convince people that Donald Trump is a racist, bigot, who never wanted to be president, and he really wanted to be president, and he'd do anything, and he committed crimes, and there's a blah, 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 blah. That's all they can do is create a crazy distraction. But the reality underneath is the corruption and the radicalism of the Democrat Party, which, unfortunately for them, it's a long haul to 2020. There are going to be a lot of debates, and they're not going to be able to hide it for very long. They can't, they can't hide it behind Fredo, Michael Cohen, for very long. That's our show. Come back tomorrow. Get your mailbag questions in. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you then. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Dylan Case. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, in their ceaseless attempts to turn Donald Trump into a villain, the Democrats have made heroes out of blackmailing strippers and McCarthyite lawyers and rogue FBI agents violating the Constitution. Now it's Michael Cohn's turn in the spotlight. We'll be talking about that. I'm Andrew Claven on The Andrew Clavin Show.